Welcome to the Focus Film Podcast. This month we speak to the Shakespeare sisters, see if Gareth completed his challenge, and we get into a 1987 top five. It is. The picture of me, picture of me. No pictures of... Yeah, there. Oh, yeah. And me again. And you again. Um, So, let me open it. Lots of drinks. You've got Heineken, you've got Round Corner Witchery, you've got Coke, you've got wine, you've got Lucasade, you've got oat milk that you can't have. (laughs) You've got uh, espresso martini. Mm. You've got a Bloody Mary, which has been in there for about six months. Um, Tonic water, these are off limits. Apple juice... Coke Zero, um, oh. and then spirits. Obviously, there's a spirit wall there. Yeah. Stella, warm Stella Artois. At quarter to 12 on a bank holiday Monday morning. I guess that's the perfect time to have a spirit in the morning. I could probably juice this ginger if it's a. Yeah. If you really want. I'm going to have that egg. Is that all right? <laughs> I can liquidise it. It's not a problem. <laughs> so, what are, you, what are you thinking? Well, I didn't know until you said apple juice. You fancy some apple juice? I think so, yeah. Is that going to be Oh, it? no. No, it's our pleasure. No problem. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, great. I've apple got apple juice. juice. You've got a Coke Zero and yeah. a coffee. I forgot to mention that we had a coffee left. But coffees are quite dehydrating, aren't they? So True, so you'll need that Coke Zero. I can't last this whole podcast with a single black coffee. Don't be, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> that would be truly silly. Um, How many coffees do you have a day? Mm, one or two. So you don't have a max? Do you have a max? If I've had two, I'll then go, oh, I probably shouldn't have a third. Yeah. Well, over a a period of time, you realise, or I realise, I don't know if it's an age thing, that you have to implement a cap. Mm. Um, And mine is two. But you have a time as well, don't you? Where you're like, I won't have a coffee after After two o'clock. Because apparently the half-life for caffeine (laughs) is about six hours. Right. Six to eight hours. So if you have it at 4pm, 5pm, you've still got caffeine in your system come 11, 12 o'clock. Yeah. The other thing I cap is biscuits because when I was a kid, I went through a whole thing of um, custard creams, threw up. And my mum said, you probably should just cap it at three. (laughs) Well, we used to, when we were kids, and I think this is actually universally a thing that happened quite a lot. I see TikToks about that quite a lot. We used to sneak into my mum and dad's bedroom before they were awake, tap them. Um, please, can we have two biscuits every day? Two biscuits. We have two biscuits in the morning. It was like a pre-breakfast snack. Two biscuits. Two biscuits. And the answer was usually... Yeah. Like, it was almost like a, yeah, just leave us alone. But now, I'll often have two biscuits in the morning. Not necessarily before my breakfast, but at some point in the morning, I'll go, oh, maybe it's two biscuit o'clock. Mm-hmm. We've got a drink and we've got a guest today. We have got a guest. Very exciting. Two guests. Two guests. Two in one. Two in one. They're yeah. called the Shakespeare Sisters. Um, yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> I will. They're, they're called Hilary and Anna Elizabeth Shakespeare. Yeah. And they have got a new film out called Much Ado, which is yeah. a modern retelling of Much Ado About Nothing. Landed on Amazon Prime. So is it? I... Yeah, nice. I spoke to the two of them. And that's coming up later. That's coming up later, yeah. So I had a chat with them. It was a really good chat. I'll, I'll set it up more maybe in a bit, shall I? What else have we got coming up? We've got top five. Top five. Challenge which, Gareth. Yeah, as well. the Challenge Gareth and the top five are linked. 
they are linked. I'm I'm sure you're interested to hear the results of Challenge Gareth. <laughs> I'm on tender hooks. Tender? Did you just say tender hooks? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it tender? It's an, that's an egg corn. What? Have you heard about egg corns? No. We were talking about it on Talk About. An egg corn is when you you say something that makes sense, but it's wrong. Right. So someone apparently said about an egg corn instead of an acorn. Uh, oh, I found an egg corn and it makes sense because it's shaped like an egg. And yeah, it all kind of makes sense. Can I pick you up on something? You text me because I often pick you up on your text and I'm, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm annoying you because it would annoy me. Absolutely not, no. Um, what was it? Bastard. It's quite common. Yeah. But I need to clarify whether I'm right or wrong. Right. You say working progress. Yeah. And I think it's a work, work in progress. progress. But you say working. Well, I think it... Mm, it's a work in progress. I think it's a working progress. Shall I Google it? Shall yeah, I put this... I'm pretty sure it's a work that's in progress. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> you can Google all you like. Working progress versus work in progress. Let's see. Go on. If your project isn't finished yet, it's not a working progress, but it's a work in progress. Well, no, I just feel stupid. No, you don't. No, it's fine. But this is one of your, one of these things. One of my egg corns. It makes sense, but it's wrong. But it's incorrect. <laughs> it's completely wrong. Right. Well, I'm glad we put that to bed. Yep. Um, I just want to dive in then to what we've been watching this month. Biddy yes. old month at uh, Focus Film. Mm. And you've watched loads of stuff because you've also been to a film festival. Tell yeah. me about that. Uh, so it was the Banff Film Festival. Mm-hmm. which Banff is a place in Canada. Yeah. Um, but Banff Film Festival is basically, I think it's for, mainly for mountaineering and things like that. But it was five, six short films in an evening at De Montfort in Leicester. And yeah, yeah just sat down, watched watched those six films, all very different. So there was, I think my favourite one was Bridge Boys, which is about these two guys that just decide that it was in lockdown and they couldn't go like crack climbing, you know, when you climb up the crack of a, you can imagine in the... Yeah, yeah, in a, a wall or a mountain or, yeah. a, or whatever. And you can also probably imagine that in the audience with my family watching this, the word crack. Loved it. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. There was one when he said, and then whatever his name was, and then he tried to put his foot in the crack. <laughs> that was it. I was finished. Yeah. Uh, I was laughing. But... It's basically in lockdown. They couldn't go to these places where there were big mountains and do the crack climbing. Big cracks, yeah. Big cracks. So they realised that the underside of bridges around the country had a crack in the middle of them. So they basically started to climb along these cracks on the underside of bridges. And they found the longest one they could, which was on the underside of the M5. And they climbed. It was like a four-day expedition. And they went along these cracks. And it was... They sound like nut jobs. Yeah. But it's like the most British thing you'll ever watch there's one point when they're going under a bridge over a canal and yeah. this guy this man walks along the canal he goes you'd be better off going out walking over it wouldn't you boys instead of climbing <laughs> under it <laughs> it's all very british it's very good um bridge boys bridge boys can you watch that anywhere or i think you can soon but not not yet yeah. Nice. Um, there was a few that were good but then there was one called walking on clouds which is about a guy who he wanted to do the highest tightrope walk and he went up in two hot air balloons and they made the hot air balloons like the top of them touch. And then he walked from one hot air balloon to the other. He was above the clouds. 
stunning. That's absolutely insane. Yeah. The Bridge Boys one was like half an hour, but that Walking on Clouds one was about five minutes and it was just like, whoa. It was I love documentaries about like the human endeavour and yeah, yeah. all that sort yeah. of... Well, that's what this night was. It was yeah. all about that. And every yeah. short film was different. It was a really, really good night. That sounds amazing. It was great. You should come next year. Yeah. Yeah. Do invite me. Yeah, yeah, time. yeah. I will do. I will do. Um, so we, st- <laughs> we started the the month off with Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. And of course. I really enjoyed it. I had Me such too. a good laugh. We didn't watch it together, did we? No, I watched it in London. That's true. But I found a couple of hours to go and watch it and I was really surprised on how much I enjoyed it. It's brilliant. It's It's got that sort of... You know when the MCU comedy works? Mm. It's like that, I felt. like, And one of the main... I think the main producers... Um, yeah, Jeremy Latcham, he was in MCU until Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. So I guess there's that sort of link um, that makes sense that. But yeah, it's really good. It's really good fun. And Dungeons & Dragons is stupid. Like, you can take it seriously, but you can really take it, like, be stupid with it um, and take the piss. Like, I've played Dungeons & Dragons a few times and it is a lot of fun. And I felt like this film kind of did the game justice whilst also creating its own thing for people who... Like yeah, well, say, I, didn't, I didn't know anything about it, about the world, <clears throat> but it's influenced so many other dragon-y type of yeah. stories that obviously as you go through, you have all the different animals speaking and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see the references. Um, but they kept it quite simple, I think. They didn't yeah. try and bring in this huge law of things no 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 they think they just kept it simple and thinking well we might just get one pass if this doesn't go very well well there were things mentioned like that were spells or things like that that could be much bigger and they just Mm. kind of throw it away like this is we don't need to go into like they say about wild shape which is the Mm. uh, tiefling who can change into loads of different animals and there's laws with that and they technically break the D&D law, but it doesn't matter because it it all adds to making the better film yeah too many films estate these days you know I'm I'm not a biggest universe fan. Yeah. But they people are going too far into the big universe straight yeah, off the yeah, bat, yeah. but sure. they just didn't do it, which is nice. And it didn't even hint at a sequel, even though there definitely will be one. Oh, yeah. We were saying the best way, because obviously Dungeons & Dragons, it's like you do a campaign and you mm-hmm. can do a few sessions of a campaign and then you could do a different campaign. So we were saying this would be great if we stuck with these characters for like three or four films and then we just did a completely different story. New characters, yeah. Dungeons & Dragons. Huge potential. Else. Yeah, Huge there's potential. so much potential. Yeah, that was great. And I, I think the first film I watched this month, actually. And we went to the cinema. We did. Together. Uh, what, see... what did we see? I can't even remember. What a month. We saw The Pope's Exorcist. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That <laughs> took it out of me. Best you did a... I did it like a dab, not you, on purpose, you, you, but... A, a dab you got sneeze. into the shoulder, not the shoulder. <laughs> 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 into the elbow. Wow. The Pope's Exorcist and Renfield. That's what we watched. Yes, that's it. Russell Crowe and Nicolas Cage. And I enjoyed The Pope's Exorcist more. Yep. But let's get... We recorded this, right? Didn't yes. We? Renfield, then. <sighs> It's cold. It is bloody cold. It was hot. I nearly wore shorts tonight. Did you? Nearly. I'm so glad <laughs> oh, I didn't. Oh, oh, no way. Um, I give it a three out of five. I'd give it a two. Two? 
I really didn't enjoy it. It's not been the best night for me. I'm not surprised by that. Because really? I thought you were going oh, to give on. it a... I thought you were going to give it a four. A four? Yeah, I thought he's going to like this. No. Because he chuckled a few times, but Nick Cage was great. Everything else was shit. Yeah, that was my that was my thought. His line reading, some of them. Yeah, I might go two as well, actually. Some of his line readings, I was just like, that's absurd. How that it wasn't written like that on paper, and he's just made it incredible. I love Nick Cage. What's the other guy's name? Nicholas Holt. Yeah, I just I, I like him. Oh I yeah, I just don't yeah. think it was the part for him. I just I don't I don't I don't know if Dracula works in modern day world. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that there for, uh, like there for that. I was like constantly reminded of how good what we do in the shadows is, and it's mm-hmm. not as good as that. Um, I was trying to make a buddy comedy out of it, wasn't it? Yeah, I just, mm. I don't know. I just felt it was a bit, a bit silly. And it was pa- it was weird, but not in a way I wanted it to be weird. It was paced weird. I wanted it to be even weirder. Yeah. Does that make sense? I nearly fell asleep. Me too. Oh, yeah. oh, that's a two star, isn't it? Yeah, that's definitely a two star. That's a shame. The Pope's Exorcist. You sounded like you said sexist. I did. Not. It's not it. Um, you also you gave it a two star. I did, but I preferred it to Renfield. I'm 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 sh- I'm shook to my core. <laughs> You're always shook to your core. I say it, do I say it? I say that every time, don't I? I'm shook to my core. Yeah, but I love it. What else can I say? Nothing. It's perfect. Because people did you say think? shooketh, don't they? Shook. I'm shooketh. But I don't like it. No. What did you think about Pope's Exist? I, you know what, it was solid. That was what I was going to say to you when I left. Solid. It was solid. Solid three star. Wow. Unlike for me, my I, shit recently. I was gripped. So what more can you ask for? By a three star. I was gripped. Russell Crowe was fantastic. If he wasn't in it, um, then it wouldn't have been as good. It would have been awful. I do agree, like what you said earlier, that um, the the best bit was the first scene. It the sort first of scene, I was you like, in. this is going to be amazing. And then the Americans came in and sort of ruined it a bit. I don't know whether Russell... I don't know Italian dialect and accents enough to know if Russell Crowe's accent was a good one. It sounded good. But it sounded okay. It was sort of lazy enough to come across yeah. as like that was his accent. And similar to what I said about... Brenfield always think about what we do in the shadows. With the Pope's Exorcist, I was always kind of thinking about the Exorcist and how just intense and insane that is yeah and I, I don't know there were similarities but it could have been a lot worse it could have been a lot worse definitely but by the end when it started like there were mythical symbols on the walls and there were big magical things I was just I, I, I was lost by that point really I was yeah it was a bit long as well for what it was it was long we off yeah I mean look gotta go miss look at, don't drink and drive everyone. No. I think it's probably fine at five miles an hour. Yeah, in a car park. Yeah. Do donuts if you like. Yeah. There are oh no, it's not police. Mackies. Park attendants. <laughs> uh yeah, if you want. What are you having? Might get some chips. Chips. Well while we're still on new releases, Evil Dead Rise. Right. We're not gonna talk about it too much and we'll explain why at the end. But it's great and possibly the best release of this month. I, I agree. I had such an amazing time watching it. Uh-huh. Um, so I 
I was getting my car uh, serviced. I had the whole day to kill. Yep. And so I went to a screening. Uh-huh. Quite a few people in there, I guess, for 11 o'clock in the morning. And I was pe- I was pretty scared, you know. Were you scared? Yeah. It was haunting. The the mother it was amazing. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Oh my God. I thought they all were. They were. I think it's the scariest thing I've seen in the cinema. Really? Maybe, yeah. I wasn't sure. This is a running thing with me and you, for me, is that I'm never <laughs> sure when I watch, don't watch a film with you. It's the same with Dungeons and Dragons. I was thinking, I hope he likes it because I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And the same with this. Yeah. I thought, oh, I thought it was great. And I I text you saying, Christ, that was a lot. Yeah. And I then went on my own as well because you went on your own. I went on my own. I was like, oh my God. Like, Jesus Christ. Is there some bits where you, I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, I love a horror. But it's, you said it to me, it's not like that funny horror. Like we often like, we would have a laugh mm, horror. I didn't laugh. No, me neither. There was one bit where someone gets like lifted up and thrown at the roof and I was like, huh. uh, <laughs> but like in, it is scary. It's a scary film, but it's really good. Um, yeah. I don't want to talk. Do I? Or I can t- um, it's not very far in, but, but I'd not long watched Evil Dead 2. And so when they brought the vinyl out and started playing it yeah, yeah. and it came over those big subwoofers, I'm like, oh my God, yeah. this is going to go down. It's the headphone scene as well. When, yeah, yeah, that was oh, that God, was, that was so creepy. good. Uh, Operation Fortune was a bag of crap. Yeah, but I then read that apparently uh, Guy Ritchie, the director, the writer. Oh yeah. Well, he didn't write it. It was a script that's been knocking about for years. This Operation Fortune script, and it's a bad script. Right. And Guy Ritchie wanted to see if you could make a good film out of a bad script. What an idiot! Which I think is such a wild approach to making a film. The answer is not really. <laughs> no, that's the <laughs> you can't. But also, they flung a load of stars at it. So it's like, oh, I want to watch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a bit led. And then the only other thing I'd maybe mention is that obviously, uh, if you're new to the podcast, welcome along. Um, and if you are, we recently did a Super Mario Bros movie and a Super Mario Bros yep. uh, film club where we talk about a bit more detail, spoilers especially. But we've watched Super Mario Bros movie this month and it's wicked. It's brilliant. There's been really good releases this month. I feel like we're getting into a good flow with the cinema. Yeah. I feel like it's back. Also, I said brilliant. I I maybe... It's okie-dokie. Okie-dokie. Mm. But I enjoyed it. It's good fun. Good fun. But yes, you, we. I think we are back into a flow. Sorry, I just kicked you. Don't worry about um, it. But also, like, like next this month coming May is a little bit slow for films. You've got Guardians 3... Little Mermaid, Fast X, Bubby's Afraid, they're the main ones. But then when we get into June, I mean, June on its own, we've got the new Spider-Verse. Yeah. Elemental, new Pixar film. Transformers. The Flash. Asteroid City, the new Wes Anderson film. And Indiana Jones 5. Oh my God. What a month. That's pretty big. I've heard good things about Flash. I've heard it's gone, all the review previews have gone down really well. Yeah. And then you get into July and you've got uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part mm. one. You've got Barbie and you've got Oppenheimer. Everyone's excited about Barbie. Oh, I cannot wait. Everyone. It's going to be so good. There's a donut place in Nottingham. They're doing Barbie donuts and they look insane. Barbie donuts? They're all like bright pink, obviously. Wow. But and that's going to be a big, big film. Yeah, it's going to be massive. Yeah, it's exciting. There's, there's, there's lots coming, lots happening. I have a question. Do we have a... I can't remember if we did a... Um, 
a jingle for Challenge Gareth? No. Do we have a jingle for everything, though? Um, I guess so. Apart from Challenge Gareth. So what do we do about this? Do we want to do the guest or Challenge Gareth? Let's do Which, the guest while we think about... The jingle. The jingle. Okay. So I'll set up the guest again. So it's the Shakespeare sisters. They've directed a film called Much Ado, which is a modern adaptation of Much Ado About Nothing, the famous Shakespeare text. Um, it's an hour and 50 minutes long. Like it's a long film for a, they're a small production company um, that built up <clears throat> over the past few years, uh, releasing other feature films. They've just worked with Johnny Vegas. Uh, they're very much an up and coming company. And this is a great retelling. Like it really focuses on uh, setting it in the modern times and setting it now, which is great. Uh, it works really well. They use it through like a rugby team that arrive at this house. And they, if you know the story much to about nothing, it fits very well with that plot. Yeah. So I spoke to them about the film and about other things and about films that they've been watching recently, which are a lot of independent films, but you can listen to the interview now. How are you both? Um, yeah, I'm, all right. I'm, I'm a little bit ill, so I have to apologise. The Vartel might be like a bit sniffly, but I've got a lump sip here, so don't worry. It's character building. That's all. That's <laughs> all part of it. <laughs> so I want to start at the beginning with the fact that the two of you, I've heard, would make films as kids together, uh, and that's kind of is that is it fair to say that's where the love for filmmaking came from? Yeah, um, yeah, we basically just um, did it kind of as a game, like without much of a kind of thought about it as like a career at first. Although then... we did make trailers and DVDs for them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, like, not to go anywhere, just like... It's like coming soon on DVD, which we will hand to our parents. <laughs> <laughs> and can you remember any specifics of those films? Real rip-offs of like, we did one that was like, I don't think we realised at the time... We did basically like a Lord of the Rings, but it was like a, uh, it's called the Elfin Orb and it was all about getting this orb to the right place. And then there was like an evil rabbit, which was like a golem figure. And then I think when we rewatched it, we were like, oh, that was just Lord of the Rings. <laughs> there was lots of ripping off other things, like making them in a minute kind of thing. But good films to rip off. I mean, and then what kind of films, so to now, what films growing up do you think influenced your filmmaking choices today? I mean, mm, it's hard to say because I mean, in a way, like uh, the biggest influences of us were like watching kind of Harry Potter making ofs and like much to do about nothing, which was like the kind of Brown version, which we used to. Well, obviously that influenced our choice actually, but um, yeah, we've ended up kind of going into mostly like rom com kind of stuff, and I suppose like that's probably those like nineties rom coms like Cluedus and kind of. Um, which Curtis films as well. Yeah, that's watched true. a lot of those on repeat, like Love Actually, and yeah, we just Bridget Jones. I think is one of like we would say one of our favorite films. So um, yeah, just like <laughs> my limbs. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I think like the rom like rom coms of like the nineties and noughties, like definitely is a big influence. Sure, and just tell me a bit about your company that you your filmmaking your your studio. Would you call it? Is that is that fair? Um, yeah, you could call it that, although it is not exactly a big one. Um, yeah, so um, we're sisters, so our company's called Shakespeare Sisters, like Shakespeare's our second name. Um, and I mean, basically, we just make our own films, um, like the films we want to make. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I it's kind of like, I guess we've got to focus on like feel good 
um, kind of happy rom-com slash comedy slash teen stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You just worked with Johnny Vegas, is that right? You, you oh, yeah, just worked just, with Yeah, him. we just shot that one. Yeah, um, that's like a comedy, uh, time travel comedy. So um, not so much the robots. There is a slight romance plot with him. And <laughs> very, very um, slight. <laughs> um, sort of like, yeah, you have to... It's kind of a buddy, a buddy comedy yeah. more than... I mean, which has a lot in common with the romance. But um, mm. yeah, it's more about the friendship between like the two main women uh, in it. Okay, great. Uh, let's talk about then Much Ado, the award-winning Much Ado. Uh, so you've adapted and are adapting work for the screen, including the upside of Unrequited and obviously Much Ado. So what initially made you want to do your own version of this piece specifically? We've always been like massive Shakespeare fans and Much Ado in particular. I think we watched it a lot when we were young and it's a particularly easy one, I think, to get into um, because it's, you know, I guess it's like the original rom-com. It's just so fun. Um, so we'd always discussed like how we would do it. Um, and I guess in a way we've been sort of like talking about that since we were young and like, how, you know, kind of always like throwing things in and um, even like I remember like acting it out with Sylvanians and stuff. So we wanted to do it for so long. Um, and then our, our first film was like a, a teen kind of coming of age film. And so for us, it kind of made sense to stay in that genre. And I think Much Ado does kind of lend itself quite well to that genre because the characters do act sort of irrationally and very passionate and emotional, um, especially like Claudio and Hero's love story. It's, they're, they're, it's so sudden. And, um, and we thought actually this is quite sort of teenage behaviour in a lot of ways. Um, so we kind of felt it lent itself quite nicely to that. And um, yeah, and I think we were in that sort of influenced by a lot of sort of classic teen movies and sort of making it like, you know, the main the main guys being like a sports team, like a rugby team, that was kind of like almost like a little bit American. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, were, we quite enjoyed having that sort of, that take on it. Um, yeah, and then I guess, um, yeah, I guess we just went from there and then just sort of adapted it all in, in the sense of like, okay, if this were a team movie, what would it look like? Um, and there's a lot of sort of, I guess, things that are, are harder to adapt in modern day. So there's the sort of idea of... Um, this friar who has this wacky plan about, you know, oh, let's pretend that Hero is dead. And we couldn't really find a way of making that sort of make sense. So we were like, well, maybe this guy is just kind of like a wacky guy. Um, so he's usually quite a serious character, but um, Harris, who we found a play, and he's like quite a comic actor, just delivered it. You know, it's like really, like really, really just went full, full on silly with it. So um, yeah, we kind of led in in some ways. So I think the bits that are sort of more silly also don't fit with with modern settings. Um, I just sort of embrace that as well. Yeah, I really liked all the all the choices it made. There was one shot in particular where um, there was a shot of someone behind and they were like leaning through a window and they mouth what the, I mean, you made the phone, you know the shot I'm talking about. It's, I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. It made me laugh. But there were so many little moments like that that kind of happen in the background or in the foreground even that are so great and worked really well. So you mentioned the rugby team. Was that always the kind of, was this always the setting you, that you had in mind? Obviously you said you experimented with it a bit or were there other ideas that you kind of played around with at first? I think, um, I guess our main thing was like that we wanted it to be, so in the original, obviously they're coming back from war and that's kind of like quite a dark backdrop for it. And um, I think we kind of wanted it in that team movie style to kind of just be a bit more lighthearted 
And um, I mean, there are definitely darker elements, but we kind of wanted to explore those more about like the emotions of what Hero is going through. So um, so we kind of just sort of dropped the war element. Uh, I think that was like the first decision. And, and then we were kind of trying to think what what else gives rise to that kind of behavior, like this group of boys coming together and having that kind of like camaraderie between them and that kind of like banter that they have um, as a large group of boys. So that's, I think having them as a sports team was kind of, um, I guess in a way a practical choice of like trying to say what in modern day, like in a kind of teen movie setting, like what else um, kind of subs in that same dynamic, but yeah. Yeah, and I think also, um, I guess, you know, in the original, you have the prince, who is the guy that everyone looks up to, takes advice from, kind of calls the shots. And I think the captain of the team kind of made sense as a good substitute for that. Um, and I think we played him a little bit, maybe more sort of like a little bit of a darker, sort of more duplicitous character than than is usually sort of, I think the usual take on him is quite, um, like he's just a, a good guy who there's some confusions around like some of the yeah. advice he gives which but... confuses me to be honest because i do think like a lot of his actions are not that like <laughs> it, that's kind of like one of those yeah i think certain like it's hard to square because he says a lot like he kind of his he, i we, we kind of thought that his intentions made quite a lot more sense if he actually is after hero um and he does have a crush on her so we sort of played it that way and then everyone has to kind of fall in line behind him because he's the captain. So, um, yeah, so I guess for us, that was another part of the sports team thing, um, having him as, as the leader. Yeah, and I guess it also like starting on the coach as well kind of brings that, I instantly you got that rom-com feeling as well. Definitely, I think like the driving in the vehicle and the <clears throat> the kind of surround setting, I really like that. This obviously isn't just a feature film. It's an hour and 50 minutes long. So were there stresses with like dealing with a film that was going to be longer, like pushing on to two hours? Um, what were the kind of struggles that came with that? Or was it more that like you'd cut down and there was so much that you wanted to put into it? I mean, we cut a lot out of the original play um, by the time we shot it. But even when we, when we did the assembly cut, it was about two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. So still trying to cut that down was like, but they're not, you know, to be honest, so we actually cut it. Um, we, so the cut that we used for our festival um, tour, even like at the end of that, we were like, actually, there's still some more things we've, we realised we can cut. So then for the release, we actually did a new cut, only a little bit um, shorter, but like some of it, I guess you you kind of, I think going in, even though we kind of spent a long time going through the script and um, and working out what to cut, I think there are still things that stay in where you're like, oh, I, now that I've watched this like 10 times, I've realised how many, how kind of, how it does go around in circles quite a lot of the time. I think a lot of the time Shakespeare kind of says the same thing about three times, which mm -hmm. kind of, I think can help uh, given that sometimes people don't get it on the first one, um, especially like with the language and stuff. So um, I think we've left in like a few of those. Um, but yeah, we were like, actually, this scene kind of does go around in a circle a second time. Yeah, so. I think the sheer like vastness of it was quite intimidating. Just like in terms of shooting something, like as you say, it's, it, there's a lot of material. And I think with our first film, Soundtrack 16, like we'd written it ourselves. So if we wanted to, you know, play with the lines or change something, or if an actor just messed up a line, but they said it not word for word, we'd just leave it if it was a good performance. Um, whereas this was like, you know, people are going to notice if you mess up a line and there's the occasional one we might leave in where someone says something like, oh, I don't like her rather than I do not like her because we didn't want it to be quite naturalistic, but we really didn't change a word of the Shakespeare. So that was just 
like I think a big surprise for us was how how much it slowed down shooting mm. um, because yeah I guess it's hard for everyone to get everything word for word correct all the time and yeah it just it just felt like a lot of material when we were shooting it we kind of realised how much like slower we're moving than when we shot soundtrack to 16. Actually, another thing that I was thinking that we did um, kind of, so you know they're they're tricking, when they're tricking them into thinking they're enough with each other, so they trick uh, Beatrice into thinking Benedict loves him, Benedict into thinking Beatrice loves him. But uh, so in the original play, like those scenes are back to back, like they do Benedict first and then they do Beatrice. And they're almost like the exact same scene, like they go through all the same steps in conversations. So I guess, so actually one thing, we didn't shoot it that way, but when we were editing it, we thought actually we can merge these into one scene and almost like have one person answer the other person because they're so um so mirrored a scene. So it's like sometimes like a character in one scene will say like, oh, but are you going to do it this way? And then the other one's like, no, what we're going to do instead. But yeah, from like the next they, scene and it kind of Yeah, they also works. both say, Oh, why don't you tell Beatrice? Why don't you tell Benedict? And then the other one always replies, No, I won't tell them because that's I guess their way of sort of goading them on, but we just noticed, oh wait, okay, this is actually very. It's like the exact same scene, so let's just <laughs> merge part of each. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it works really well. It pays off. And then the the struggle again, that question of struggle, but it's a, such a big cast which is needed for much do about nothing. But is there was there any struggles with dealing with such a big cast, and or did you enjoy it? Was it the biggest cast you've worked with? Um, I'm not sure if it's a. I mean, it was at the time. I think definitely bigger than the last one. But then on the other hand. Um, our first film was set in a school, so we had lots of like extras all the time, mm-hmm. uh, which we didn't really have to deal with on this one, except for the party. There's like one party scene, but it was a bit of a struggle because we all were living on set. So um, with our first film, everyone like went home at the end of the day, no matter how many people you had. Whereas with this one, it was like we were all together. Um, I think it was I think there were 18 actors, um, and the crew was pretty small, but like the most most people we had was like 30, but. Um, yeah, it was always like 20 to 30 people like living together for a month. And that was definitely a challenge. Just like feeding everybody. <laughs> Did you find it made a difference to the chemistry, having everyone live together like, on the screen? I think so, yeah. I think the actors kind of had more time to hang out with each other, even if like, like then kind of just run lines with each other and stuff when they weren't in the scenes that we were shooting. So um, they'd come to the scene kind of having like practiced it together. Um, I think also with the Beatrice and Benedict love scene, like they, when we shot that one, actually everyone had already gone home and it was just the four of us all, or maybe five or six with the crew left. And they'd been now living together for three weeks. And I think that was quite nice to have that whole build up of like, you know, living together, being quite good friends um, before, you know, you start the the love scene and like making out and all that. So. Yeah, we actually did all of the romantic scenes between Beatrice and Benedict as like a pickup. So we finished the main shoot and everyone kind of rested. And then we came back to do like the bulk of the romance, which felt quite, it was just like so much more relaxing, like the mania of the shoot and having like 30 people there and then being like just a really small group of us for the weekend basically was really like, yeah, I think really added to it. Mm. Well, obviously in this one, you do pull in, that love of the rom-com, you can see it, it really shows on screen. But there's also the dramatic scenes as well, which which work really well. But something we like to do on this podcast is talk about film in general, and we just love all film. So to transition that, I kind of want to ask, you kind of touched on it already, but if you had to pick a number one rom-com, um, what, what would that, uh, this is such a hard question, but what would that be? If someone, if someone was really asking you, what would that one, one film be? Why don't we do, we'll do one, if we do oh. one each, then. Okay. Yeah, yeah, one each is fine. <laughs> 
Well, I guess, well, maybe it's a bit too heavy on Richard Curtis, but maybe Love Actually. And then really? Okay. I was going to ask a Bridget Jones and I go Clueless, I think. No, oh, yeah, Clueless, yeah. Okay. But... We'll go Bridget Jones and Clueless then. Yeah, one <laughs> Great. American. And what films have you been loving recently? Is there anything you've been to the cinema to see that stuck with you? Um, what, what have you kind of been enjoying at the minute? You know, we were just thinking about this and we were like, I can't believe how long it's been since we've been to the cinema because... I mean, it's been a really busy month, but uh-huh. we've been to a lot of indie films. But yeah, I think yeah, it's like we've been to quite a few festivals recently. Yeah, we're trying to think of something like of, of sort of like the bigger films we've seen. I mean, yesterday we watched um, the film *Do Revenge*, which was quite fun. Yep. Uh, but then the ending was pretty uh, wild. I was like, "Where is this going?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, what else in our genre? And we've been watching a lot of our friends' films as well, which are like totally not in our genre, like horror and um, one of them was like a bank robbery, but they're good, so I'll, I'll recommend them as well. Um, Shepherd, I think, came out in the UK recently-ish, or like a couple, maybe a year ago, and just came out in the US. Um, and that's like a horror film that our friend Russell Owen made, and it's. It's really good. It's very intense. Um, and we don't really like horror and we liked it. So that was quite a good one to recommend. And then uh, Three Day Millionaire just came out as well with the guy from Star Trek. I can't remember what his name is, but um, yeah. <laughs> the Transporter guy is in it, um, which was kind of cool. Uh, and that's like a sort of heist movie, which we quite enjoyed. Um, so yeah, those aren't really in our genre, but they're just ones that we'd recommend. Great. We're watching our friends' films lately. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find yourself going to these festivals more when you've got, obviously, when you've got your film out, but are you going to ones that your film's not being shown at because you, you get that buzz for it? Or are there, is it just that your film's being shown at so many? Yeah, I think we go, um, I mean, the one, so we just came back from London Independent Film Festival. We were actually judging that one. So we went for that. But, um, but I think I'd go anyway just to support it because they showed our first two films. Um, and it was like a really good launch for both of them. So, um, yeah, I love that festival. And, uh, yeah, we went to South by Southwest the other day. Um, that was partly like just for kind of networking and, um, we were going on to LA. So, and a bunch of our friends were going, so that was like, um, quite interesting. Also, it's quite good to check them out. I think, cause when we're submitting our next film, like the festivals we've been thinking it, it would go well in, we kind of want to check them out and see yeah. if it's the right vibe or, um, you know, see like if, yeah, if it'd be a good fit. Um, so that's partly why we went. Um, and that was really fun, but yeah, it's quite interesting actually, like not necessarily what I was expecting. Nice one. Well, that is about the end of the interview, but just, uh, we will add stuff in before and after about you and about your film, but do you just want to tell people where they can watch and when they can watch Much Ado? Yeah, so Much Ado is out in the UK uh, right now, just came out. So um, it's on like iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Sky Store. Um, yeah, those are the main ones, yeah. Great. Absolutely check out. Thanks a lot, guys, for your time. It's, it's been, been great talking to you. I have one question for you as well. Oh, <laughs> um, I was listening to the episode where one of you guys was saying that you went to that Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes. Was that you? It was me, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a great story. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, I'm, I feel like I'm still showering off the effects of, of that. I, I was yeah. like, that is actually such a, like, film scene. Yeah, 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 it was disgusting. It was disgusting. <laughs> but a great story, yeah, you're right. Well, thanks very much for listening to the podcast. Appreciate it. And thanks for your time today.
thanks for having us on. Thanks a lot. So that was the Shakespeare Sisters talking about Much Ado, which is, as Hilary said at the end of the interview, available on loads of platforms for a very small cost to rent or to buy it on Prime and Apple and iTunes and all of those places. Do you even remember what we were speaking about? Yes, you just did your Challenge Yowarath music. I can offer a different one. That's quite um, too powerful almost. Go on then. Uh, Should I? Go on. Uh, Needs to be a bit more... Challenge Gareth. Challenge Gareth. That's that was quite good. That was good. A bit more. Uh, you, you can choose between the two. Challenge Gareth. That's a bit more like because it's a challenge, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dum 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 Challenge Gareth. Da, 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 da. That we've hit we've hit it. <laughs> we've hit the big time, everyone. <laughs> so what is Challenge Gareth then? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> it was something Gareth was you've always said. Always. Always said since day one. You've always said that, you know, I uh you I watch to... quite a lot because yeah. I talk about. Mm-hmm. And we do list episodes. I have to watch like 10 films at a time sometimes. You were like, sometimes I don't have any direction of what films I should pick to put on. Which is, um, it is good. It's yeah. a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Because I can watch whatever I like when you can't sometimes. But equally, I'm just, sometimes I don't know what to stick on. Yeah. So having a goal is quite handy sometimes. And this time... This week, sorry, this month, we decided to start Challenge Gareth, where I give Gareth five films to watch. So this month, it was five films from the year he was born, 1987. Good challenge. Thank you. Uh, we have my mum, actually, thank for that. She she came up with She's like, why don't you do five films from the year he's born? I was like, perfect. Cheers, Stacey. So there you go. But I needed to think of a new one. Before we do that, let's talk about the ones you've watched. So you've watched five films from 1987. Yes, I have. Talk me through it. So there's a few things here because I dabbled in the world of TikTok in order to, uh, you know, get the me- get my thoughts out there. So I you don't did. know whether we play these now or just to tell you to go to my TikTok. But anyway, so I started, I went on to Letterboxd, I put 1987 in and then I looked at the ones I hadn't seen. Yep. And what I was thinking was, I don't want to do all the classics. You need some naffness in there for entertainment purposes right sure so i had a long list um ones i didn't watch over the top um with sylvester stallone in it and he's basically an arm wrestling truck driver why did you not watch that because it's not on streamers Uh, there you go that's That's all i need that's the main reason but um i really want to watch it sure i didn't even know it existed Mm. Uh, other one I didn't watch was Adventures of uh, Adventures in Babysitting. That's on Disney Plus. And why was I tempted to watch that? Chris Columbus directed it, right? Um, and it's got quite a high rating, but I didn't. So I picked five, and I watched the last one last night because as a, the month went through, I was sort of chilling, thinking I've got plenty of time to watch five films. There's yep. nothing. 
But as you know, I've been busy, been away, etc. So I started off with Jaws, The Revenge. And let me tell you, it's not great. <laughs> um, Michael Caine is sort of the main... He's not the main character, but he's up front in the marketing of it. So I was right. thinking, great, a Michael Caine Jaws film. But it's not really. He's like a pilot and he helps. He basically fancies the woman and uh, helps her out. And didn't you say in your TikTok about he said, oh shit, and it was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So he's on his plane because it landed on the sea. Yeah. Jaws is coming along. I think he just goes, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. Um but I, I feel like it was just a nice check for him, you know? But fair yeah, play. it was just fair a bit play. of cash. Two stars. Not the worst film I've ever seen. But uh, it was a good start anyway. And then I went into... What did I do next? Fatal Attraction I did next. Because there's a TV series that is now out on Paramount+. Plus. Perfect. Not seen it. But it, again, I gave it a three star. And it was good. So an improvement. An improvement. Jaws. Glenn Close was really good. Michael Douglas was really good. But uh, you wouldn't make it today, even though they've made a TV series out of it. So I'll have to see what that's about. Um, But yeah, she is very 80s. I think I said in the TikTok, she wore some really good shoulder pads. Really good. And uh, Is that what you look for? When you're watching a film, you'd like big shoulder pads or... in a Yeah, an 80s film, for sure. I'm just checking. You're looking no. for hair, clothes, and synth. <laughs> yeah. Don't you think? Synth. Who's synth? <laughs> <laughs> and Cynthia. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> That's kind of the vibe you want, right? Mm. And I think I had it all. I think I had all of that, but still three star. Um but that's a bit of a classic, isn't it? Fatal Attraction. Mm. Seen us. Have you seen it? You've seen it? No. But I've seen I've seen them watch it on Gogglebox. Mm. You know, and that sometimes yeah. happens. Yeah, I like, think, I, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, cause I, at the ending, I, they showed it on Gogglebox. Yeah. So I wasn't that surprised. No. The next one though, Evil Dead 2, which you have seen. Oh yes, here we go. And I've gone up another star, four stars. Yes. So it's a horror comedy, right? Yes. And it's bloody bonkers. It's I, brilliant. I laughed a lot. Uh, the eye, going yep. through the air. Um, <laughs> the hand. The hand, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The yeah. chainsaw. Uh, and I don't know whether to say this now, that I've got my proposition. Go on. So it was so good because during the last podcast for the Mario, we said yeah. it's too easy to pick Evil Dead 2. Yeah. However, I kind of feel like we should change it. Yes. And talk about Evil Dead 2 and Evil Dead Rise. Okay. I love it. Yeah. Do you, are you happy I'm, with that? I'm unbelievably happy. Yeah. Let's do it. So I'm not going to talk too much about it. Because I think we can make nice comparisons. Definitely. Makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, four stars. Absolutely loved it. Um, <clears> I can <throat> see why it's a cult classic. The next one, Princess Bride. Have you seen it? Yeah. Love the Princess Bride. So yeah, good. it's naff, but it knows it's naff. That's And that's what's good about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, really good fun. I did sort of fall asleep towards the end, but because I was tired. So did you miss the Billy Crystal cameo? Yeah. Must have done. That's a shame. Did I? That's a real shame. Did I? He comes into the end, Miracle Max. He's in like <laughs> yeah, a hut, I did. So. Miss that. <laughs> I did. Excellent. Um, but literally, the last few minutes, I fell asleep. Yeah, inconceivable. 
<laughs> That's so good. I just that came back to me. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the iconic bit is my name is Inigo Montoya. And he's like, Father Time and he's like prepared to die, you know that bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gladiator ripped it off. Did it? My name is Maximus Dismas. Oh, yeah, of course Marius. it is. Father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, something like that. You did it really well on a YouTube video we did a while back. I'm not going to, you can... Yeah, you can you know, go watch it. that, yeah. Uh, but you can see why if you watched it as a kid, you'd love it. Because every, as you grow up, you get the jokes. Yeah, for sure. And the, the in, sure. yeah, really, really good. But then, uh, I mean, as I look at this, Four Star Free World 2, Four Star Princess Bride. Four Star again for your last one. Untouchables. Watched it last night. Again, a little bit naff, but it knew it. Yeah. Um, it's written by David Mamet, who wrote Glengarry Glen Ross, ah. which is one of my favourites. Yeah, it's good. And it's a gangster film. Mm-hmm. It has Sean Connery in it, in Perfect. one of his latter films. And he gets better and better as the film goes through. Kevin Costner's great. Robert De Niro um, is... It's really good. He's at Al Capone. But he's not in it that much. But it's sort of like a, a classic cop story. But instead of the gangsters being the forefront, it's the cops. And the mm-hmm. gangsters are in it now and again. Um, based on true story. Again, really good. So I've had a good time in 1987, you know. I noticed you like the word naff. Because so in, in Untouchables, yeah. this has some naff parts. You said about Princess Bride. It's naff, but it's meant to be. Yeah. Jaws. This is naff. <laughs> so, what are you saying? Is, 19, vocabulary. is 1987 naff? Is that the? Well, it's either that or yeah, I do need to expand the, the yeah. words I use. Get a sure. thesaurus, you know. Yeah, I hear you. But it, yeah, it is 80s, isn't it? It is. Um, but I enjoyed the challenge. I enjoyed Good. picking, choosing, and we can take it off. A successful challenge. Love it. I completed it. You complete it. the challenge. I was yeah. a bit, I wasn't sure, seeing though I watched the last one last night. So you thought you might not get it. Yeah. But here we are. Successful, successful. What have you got for me next then, Ellis? Well, next, uh, I've got, <laughs> I'm not sure how, I wanted to go cruel for a set. I was good because we've got a new Fast and Furious. I was going to make you watch five Fast and Furious films. And I thought I've just done that and I don't want to put you through that. I'm not that yeah, cruel. Yeah. And then I just thought, well, let's just go for something completely out there. We've got, um, Bowie's Afraid coming out this month. Yeah. Um, there's been a few names in films coming out recently and we've got Indiana Jones next month. So I'd like you to watch five films that you've not seen preferably, with names as the title. Right. So I don't want them to be, for example, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. They have to just be the name of a character. For example, Jerry Maguire. Right. So it's just the name. So can't watch Bo is Afraid as one of them? No. So just just have the name. But it could be, um, it could just be a first name. I'm trying to think of an example with one, it's just a first name. But yeah, just... Name. What about sequels like Rocky 2? That doesn't count because it's got the word 2 in it. No, I think that's okay. I think that's okay. Okay. So, I mean, <coughs> I had a little look for films you could do. You could do Amelie. Nice. You could do, there's a lot of horrors like Annabelle. Yeah. Things like that. Um, you could do things like King Arthur. Curious Ooh, Case I've of Benjamin. I wanted to watch King Arthur. Yeah. Um, I watched Luca this month. That could have been one. 
You could have. Yeah, Luca. That would have been a good one. But yeah, preferably... Is that too cruel to do ones with just the name? No. No. You've given me some confidence there by listing some off. Jason Bourne. Uh-huh. Yeah. There you go. There's your challenge. I uh, consider it accepted. Top five. Top five. Here we go then. Top five films of 1987. That's what we decided, right? We did. So yeah. to link in with Challenge Gareth, we're going to do an all in all. So obviously there's not just five films that were released in that year. No. There was plenty. No. Um, and so let's have a chat about about that. I haven't actually seen that many that came out in 1987. When I was looking at it, I, th- I thought, oh, I've seen loads. But actually, I've not seen too many, but... Um, but yeah, there's loads. There's actually quite a few. So Full Metal Jacket, Full Metal Jacket. Dirty Dancing, Princess Bride, Evil Dead 2, Predator. I haven't seen Hellraiser uh, or Robocop. The Lost Boys was a big release. Untouchables, uh, Lethal Weapon, Spaceballs, one of my favourites, Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Mm. Um, Good Morning Vietnam, loads of stuff. Beverly Hills Cop 2, uh, The Running Man, Empire of the Sun. Three Men and a Baby, seen that? No. Well. With Nail and I. 87. With Nail. The Brave Little Toaster. Which is your favourite. Yep. <laughs> uh, yep. Yep. Empire of the Sun, which was uh, big too. Wall Street. So loads, really. Yeah. So um, Big year. Is it easier to say what you have seen? I guess so, but there's going to be ones that maybe one of us has seen that they haven't that might make it on the top right. five, right? Right, yeah. So that's fine. Well, let me just put... I never could think of anything other than to say let me pull my balls on the table let me put my <laughs> I need to think of other things to say let me that's taking a turn yeah let me put my case across on the table on the table with my balls my two it? cases across <laughs> they're not that big uh, <laughs> so we're looking at for me planes, trains and automobiles evil dead yep. 2 uh Dirty Dancing's probably got to be up there, right? Absolutely. Princess Bride. Lost Boys. Predator? Predator. Full Metal Jacket. Needs a mention. Good Morning Vietnam. With Nail and I. Fatal Attraction. Sorry. I'm going quite fast there, aren't I? I've... Where Somehow I've kept up. Review. Yeah. Oh. Hashtag touch typing. <laughs> Is that? Have you? Which of those have you seen? So I've seen. What haven't you seen? Uh, I haven't seen Full Metal Jacket, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen The Lost Boys. Okay. I have seen Full Metal Jacket, but I can't quite remember it, and. I re- all I remember is feeling this is a bit of a downer. Okay. But because it's a war film, Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I just remember it being a lot. I mean, let's take it off if that's, you know. The the tagline for it says, Vietnam can kill me, but it can't make me care. Jesus. Yeah, that's a lot, isn't it? But a lot of people give it five stars in that 4.1 on average. But yeah, whip it off. The film. Yeah, buy me a drink first. <laughs> <laughs> I've offered you a drink. You just took an apple juice. I did. It was it's lovely. you nowhere. <laughs> I, I, Fatal Attraction. 
you yeah. gave a three star. Yeah. There are five films on this list I would give at least a four star yeah, to. Yeah, so get that so off. So we could take that off, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay. So the only thing I'd say about Lost Boys is that it's a cult. It's huge. Yeah. People think of it very highly. Sure. So I'm just going to maybe just leave it on for now. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But I'm not that bothered about it. Maybe we take um, Predator off. I don't know. It's yeah. a classic. But, or maybe Good Morning Vietnam. Maybe that's the one. Yeah, use. take that off. Yeah, it is good though. Yeah. Have you seen it? Uh, yes. A long time ago. Yeah, me too. So what have we got left? So we've got planes, trains, automobiles, which yeah. you'd give a five star, right? Oh, yeah. And I'd give a four star. Yeah. Evil Dead 2, which I'd give a five star and you'd give a four star. Ooh. Dirty Dancing, both four star. Yeah. Yeah. I think Dirty Dancing's class. Oh, I've got actually got it down as a three on here, but I think that's a bit unfair. Uh, Princess Bride, both four starred. Lost Boys, I've not seen, but you would give... I can't remember. can't remember. So maybe just take it off. Okay. Uh, Predator. Yeah. Oh, it's a classic though, Predator. And then with Nell and I, I'd give a four star. I gave it a five. Okay. So to me, with Nell and I, Evil Dead 2 and Plain Strange Nautilus are definitely on there. Yeah. Because we've got, they've got a nine out of ten in total. And then Dirty Dancing needs to be on there. Absolutely. So then it's between Princess Bride and the Predator. Probably Princess Bride, right? You think? Yeah, I'd say so, I yeah. Think, I think that's fair. I enjoyed Predator, but I enjoyed Princess Bride more. So the honourable mentions. Honourable mentions, pr- Predator. Predator. And the Lost Boys? Lost, uh, yeah, Lost Boys, just, yeah. Do you want another? Uh, I'd probably... Ah, oh, there is a film on here that I hadn't mentioned. Raising Arizona. From the Coen Brothers. Stars Nicolas Cage. I'd also say Spaceballs is good fun. Hmm. Have you seen Spaceballs? No, I haven't. Mel Brooks and it's a Star Wars spin-off. Uh, I have heard of it. Not spin-off. If, yeah. Uh, parody. John Candy is... <laughs> he's called Barf, but he's the uh, Chewbacca. He looks like, right. he's like a Chewbacca spin okay. So do you want to put Space Balls on the picture mention? came up and they look ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. It's just okay. silly, isn't it? So Space Balls, Lost Boys and Predator. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then we've got to order the five. So we've we've narrowed it down to Planes, Trains and Automobiles, Evil Dead 2, With Nail and I, Dirty Dancing and Princess Bride. Oh, this is going to be tough. Yeah. They're really classic, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. They're great. I remember doing, on your Talk About podcast, I put With Nail and I pretty much near the top. Yeah, you did. I don't know if I'd do that in this list. I don't think... So, no. I mean, I'd obviously say Evil Dead 2 should be at the top, but you'd argue that it could be either of the other two. Cause I'd, I'd argue that I'd play Strains. Yeah. This is going to be tricky. Let's do that. Let's. I'm happy with that. So, playing Strains and Automobile is number one. Really? Evil Dead 2, number two. What makes you? What makes the quick decision there? Because we're, we're at a clash here, because we both Someone's like both those films. Someone's got to give. I'll do it, because I think playing Strains and Automobile is great, and I've only seen it once. I'm going to throw this out there, just... Um, just to th- yep. a, a thought do you do a joint first hmm or is that a bit too no fiddly? I don't think we've added okay. uh, no I don't think okay, so okay so Planes Trains unless we put it down to its overall rating or is that a week nah okay. let's go let's okay 
Plain Strange first, Evil Dead two second. With Nell and I third. Mm. Or Dirty Dancing third. Dirty Dancing third. Yeah. And then Princess Bride, Bride. fifth. I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah. There we go. That is a really good top five to watch. Really good. Isn't it? Challenge Garrett. (laughs) 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 Really good. So if you're looking for five films from 1987 to watch, make sure they're The Princess Bride. Let's have a quick look. With Nail and I, Dirty Dancing, Evil Dead 2, and Planes, Trains and Automobiles. With Nail and I, you're probably going to have to rent. Um, Planes, Trains is on Paramount+. Plus. Evil Dead 2, we've said, is on Now TV and ITVX. Dirty Dancing, you're going to have to rent it, but you've probably seen it a thousand times anyway. And The Princess Bride. I I, I rented it. I did rent it. So a lot of renting going on there. Or just buy it because physical media is king. Yeah. And then, do you know what I've started, because we've both started buying physical media a bit more. Yeah. I just, I've forgotten how much I love special features. Yeah, they're great. Just what, it feels like you're getting a little, little bit of an exclusive little, little, yeah. But I think Disney Plus do it sometimes. Yeah, they do. If you want extras, yeah, it's always got little extra things. Long live extras, man. Yeah. Well, that was an enjoyable list to compile. It was. Wasn't it? 1987. And I'm going to say it, maybe next month we should do 99, the year I was born, as the top five. That's a great shout. Listen, that's going to be bloody difficult. I mean, you've got Fight Club, The Matrix, oh my God. 10 Things I Hate American About You, Beauty, Toy Story 2, Six, Six Sense, Sense. Green Mile, Blair Witch. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't worry too much this about is, it. This is yeah. peak my life, this is. Yeah. I was in year seven in 1999. Sure. And all of this, because I was too young to watch the 15 stuff, but you, you sort of sneak them in, don't you? Yeah. Um, there's some even like the lesser like Big Daddy Galaxy Quest Stuart Little even they're good fun Never Been Kissed was good Election Big Daddy yeah oh my oh my oh my <laughs> Inspector <laughs> Bloody Gadget oh my uh, have you seen South Park Bigger Longer and Uncut no <laughs> you've told me about this before you're like if you're going to watch it then brace yourself <laughs> <laughs> same with Team America have you seen that that's no, that's what you were talking about to America. And you haven't seen it. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Is it the kind um, of thing you shouldn't watch for the first time with today's lens? Do, do not watch it without me. Okay. <laughs> do so not. If I'm gonna watch it, I've got to let you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What other business do we have we got? Is that it? That's it. We just gotta reiterate that the film club this month is even. Bit more life, come on. The film club this month is Evil Dead 2 and Evil Dead Rise. We're going to be talking about those. We'll have our brand new features in that uh, show. It's good fun. We love a film club. I need to watch Evil Dead 2 then because we would usually now watch the old one together, but you've just watched Evil Dead 2. I've already just watched it, yeah. So we'll watch Evil Dead. Maybe the night I watch Evil Dead 2, you should watch Army of Darkness, the third one. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Because it's great. So yeah, we'll watch them. So if you want to watch them... If you want to listen to that podcast, then watch them. It'll make them even better. Yeah. Please, basically. please do. Even if you don't like a horror, especially even if they're two. That's a really good one to watch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it's stupid. Look, top of your top five, 1987 films, Planes, Trains and Automobiles. What about it? We're going to slap it on the Focus Film wall. We're slapping it on. Yeah. We're going to get it on there because I want to build this wall up even more and more. 
What did we do last month? Did we pick one from one we watched? You, yeah, Puss in Boots was the... I think it was mm. the month before. I don't think we did it last month. The n- month before we put Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and put it on there. Okay. But this month, Evil Dead Rise is, is our favourite, and that we're going to be talking about that. Great. So top of the top five is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, I can turn this for you, but for the listeners at home... Well, let's cut to the chase. It's not going to be bottom, is it? It's not going to be bottom. So we're talking above maybe... Definitely above white noise, yeah. Which is sort of midway, just before midway. We've got quite a lot on here now. Um, just before midway. If you want to get involved in this, by the way, the link for the letterbox list is in the bio, so you can click on that. You don't have to have a letterbox to see the list. You can just see the wall. Well, let me. I'm gonna just take this over a second. Go for it. So the the top, the number one right now is Truman Show. Yeah. Then the Dark Knight. Yeah. Then Top Gun Maverick. Then June. My thought is it goes underneath June. Well, above Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. For me, but I'm open to My suggestion dis- would be discussion. just below Puss in Boots. But... Um, okay. I've combined scores. You gave Puss in Boots a what star? Four. Five. So we're at equal pegging. I, yeah. I, you put... Listen. No, you, no. No, no. Listen. <laughs> you put... Um, Evil Dead 2 second and so I agree with you let's put Planes Trains below Puss in Boots The Last Wish and above The Muppet Christmas Carol okay that's bold that is bold so it's in two, three, four, five, sixth. my favourite scene one of my favourite scenes of all time is in this film well go on is when John Candy is driving along and he <laughs> he's singing along to Mess Around by Ray Charles. Yeah. And he's playing the piano on top of the thing. Uh, Steve Martin's asleep next to him. Yeah. They've got miles to go. And he gets his coat caught in the in the handle. Oh, yeah, of the yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And so he's trying to do that. And then the cigarette falls and the car's on fire. And he's, and it's just amazing. <laughs> and he spins around and they just keep spinning for about yeah, 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah. Um, it's two of the comedy greats, isn't it? Oh, all time. Did you know John Candy filmed all his stuff for Home Alone in one day? Did he? All of it. And obviously there's a lot of stuff going on there. And to do it in a day, that's pretty impressive. We lost a legend. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He was in some naff, uh, bad films too, but the, the good <laughs> films he was in... You stopped yourself saying naff then. I don't <laughs> know if he did that on purpose. Or... <laughs> Self-editing now. But the films that are good, that oh, what a comedy genius. Yeah, Absolutely. There you go. So the list now has 21 films on it, I think. The Focus on more. Do you know what's coming? This is probably, I'll probably edit this out. But someone else who's a comedy genius that passed away this month. Paul O'Grady? Yes, I wasn't going to say that, but yes. Okay. I don't know. We could start in the obituary section if we want to. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, what's, his, what's his real name? But Damien Edna Everidge, basically. Oh, yeah. Um uh, oh yeah, yeah. I know him, but I, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. His but name. I grew up not with Damon Average, like literally. Like, she was on the telly all the time. See much of her? But, Bits and bobs, yeah. Possibly. Obviously, he was the shark as well in Finding Nemo. Ah, <gasps> I didn't know that. Did you not know? That's blown my mind. Barry Humphreys. Hello. Yeah, he's that guy. That's blown my mind. So next time you watch it, you'll know. But um, oh it's been coming up on my TikTok because you know you watch one and you. Yep. He's so funny. And a lot of his anecdotes start with, um, with. So I was talking to my gynecologist the other day, 
And he looked up at me and he said... <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, that was just a little thing. Yeah. But a film link, though, because of Finding Nemo. Yes, I, that's blown my mind. Uh, trying to think of a funny note to end on now. Um, funny note? Any funny notes to end on? A ham sandwich walks into a bar and orders a beer. Oh, jokes again. Bartender says, sorry, we don't serve food here. That's good, yeah. Yeah. Is it? It's never good when someone has to say, that's good. (laughs)